Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. You turn with me to the first epistle of John, and we'll continue with our series of messages. While you're turning there... Let me encourage you Friday night to go on the bus to McConnell for that service. Uh, I'll not be going. We'll be having our ministers and wives monthly meeting here at the church, and some of our ladies will be preparing that meal for this group. If you couldn't go, we hope that you'll do so. In chapter 2 of the first epistle of John, beginning at verse 3, we will continue with the theme that we have started on this particular book. This is the third, or I believe third, in the series. Maybe it's the fourth, I've forgotten. But at verse 3 of chapter 2, hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Let's stop the reading at that point. We'll continue later. The next message, next two weeks from now, because next Sunday. We will have a medical missionary with us, Dr. Philip McDaniel. We've had, a few of us had the privilege of hearing at our association meeting. He will be here next Sunday morning. He will be teaching a combined adult Sunday school class and will preach in the morning service. I hope that all of you will make a special effort to be present. Don't take next Sunday to go see Grandma, please. Be here. Uh, we need a good attendance. I think you need to hear what he's got to say and, and uh, find out a little bit about some of our missionary work. So make a special effort, I plead with you, for next Sunday. We ought to have a good attendance, uh, certainly next Sunday morning. Tonight at 6 o'clock, don't forget. Now let us look at some things in this particular passage of Scripture. We've been dealing... Over the past three weeks, with the theme that John gives us in this passage of Scripture, that he has heard, seen, and had handled Jesus Christ, and from him he had received a message to give to the people. And that message we found in verse 5, that God is light. And then he encouraged us, to walk in that light, that is to live our lives in such a manner that we would reflect Christ. And he pointed out in verse 7 
that if we walk in that light, two things are going to happen. Number one, if we are walking according to what Jesus wants us to walk, how he wants us to live, we will fellowship one with another. There is a relationship between Christian people that will automatically ensue. And the second thing is that we would be cleansed from our sin. You would ought to say that if we say that we don't have any sin, we're simply deceiving ourselves. Now then, in um, chapter 2, he points out that if we do sin, then we have an advocate with the Father. We have somebody to intercede for us. And then verse 3, where we are this morning. Notice what he says. We know that we know. Can you get that phrase? We know that we know him. There is a way to know if you're saved. Perhaps more than one thing can be said on that. I want to simply deal with one this morning. There is an assurance of salvation pointed out in the scripture. You can know that you are saved. This phrase that sometimes is used in prayers, in death save us, almost is an end of life plea, please Lord, when I die, save me. But John points out to us that we can know now that we are saved and not have to worry about wondering if we will be saved and only to wake up in one place or the other, and find the truth of the matter. We may know now. John says, we may do know that we know him. And then he explains how. How is it that you can know why don't you go back to Romans 8 with me a moment. Romans is, I'm sorry, Hebrews 8. I misspoke. Hebrews chapter 8. Just go left a little piece. Hebrews chapter 8. I want you to notice some words in the 10th and 11th verses of the 8th chapter of Hebrews. Verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. They shall not teach every man his neighbor and every neighbor every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the last to the greatest. Now let me quickly say I recognize that this is talking to the Hebrew people at a time yet in the future, but there's something that I want us to notice about this. In the Old Testament, you may remember that they took scriptures and they put them on little tablets of things and they, they bound them around their foreheads and they wore the word of God right here on the foreheads or they put them on their sleeves. Uh, uh, if it had been modern day time, they would have written it on their t-shirts. They, they were people who put the word out where everybody could see it written on something. But 
the Lord is saying the day is going to come when this is not going to be the manner of determining whether you are my children or not. I am going to write this in your hearts. A person who has Jesus Christ in the heart can know that he is saved because from the heart will emit evidence of his salvation. There are lots of people who do not believe that you can be sure that you are saved. But Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.12, and he said these words. I know, there began, we began with the same phrase, I know, as John uses, we do know, we know him. Uh, Paul says, I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Against that day. Of course, against that day is the day of judgment. What is Paul saying? I know whom I believed, and I know something about him. I know that he is able to keep what I committed. There was a day when you and I, for the most part in this congregation, committed ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is saying, I know to whom I committed myself, and I know more than that, I know that he is able to keep me. You see, my salvation is really not based upon what I do. My salvation is based upon what God did through Jesus Christ on the cross. Now, there are some things about salvation that uh, people misunderstand. There are lots of people who are lost and don't know it. It may very well be possible that there are people in this congregation this morning who are lost and don't know they're lost. I've been lost lots of times out running around in an automobile and didn't know I was lost or wouldn't admit that I was lost. Lost, don't know that lost is a tragic situation. Those who are lost and don't know they're lost primarily base their salvation upon themselves, that is, upon what he or she does or does not do. And salvation does not have its base upon what we do or don't do. The other thing is there are some people who are saved and don't really realize that they're saved. And this probably encompasses more people than the latter, within the church at least. I have had people come to me and say, oh, I know if I died right now, I would be lost, there's no doubt about it, because what I did yesterday does not justify me to go to heaven. I had a lady, I think I told you this, I had a lady come into my office some weeks back, I was inquiring about a piece of property that she had uh, had a problem with, and I asked her some questions, and she said to me, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth, because my soul is worth more than my lying to you about that piece of property. 
Her concept of salvation was that she had to toe the line every step of the way, and if she ever stepped off of it, she was headed for hell. Let me ask you this. If that is the strict way of being saved, who in this congregation is saved? If that's how you say, by walking the straight and narrow and never falling off, who in here is saved? Can anyone in this congregation possibly say that I never stepped off the straight and narrow? That since I accepted Jesus Christ, I've never sinned. Is it a case that the Lord says, I'll save you if you remain good? If he made that condition upon my salvation, I'm lost. Although I must be good and must work at being good, and you as well, we all must work that way. Be absolutely sure that you're not saved because you stay on the narrow. That's a pretty fine line to walk. And we lose our tempers, and if it's that case that we do something wrong, lose our tempers and fall off, we're lost, we lie, we fall off, we fail to get up and come to church when we ought, we fall off, we go on and on, falling off straight and narrow, we're saved, we're lost, we're saved, we're lost, we're saved, we're lost. You better hope, if you believe that, that you're on the straight and narrow at the moment of death, because if you're not, you're lost. That's the theory of that approach to salvation. And how could anybody ever enjoy life not knowing whether he's saved or lost or not? That would make me most miserable if I was fearful that one slip of my tongue at a given moment would, would take me to hell and I would die in that state when I just lied. That's man's concept of salvation. But there is a way to be sure if you're saved. Notice what he says. As soon as I find the verse, I've done lost it. James 2.14. I want to go there. Back to the left. James says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works? Can faith save him? Now here's the, the argument for those who, you, who follow this line. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be you warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. But I want you to notice he did not say anything about faith not being the saving mechanism. He simply said faith that does not have accompanying works is dead. Let me say it this way. If you believe, you will live. To the best of your effort. We will live, but that does not mean that every act that we perform will be in accordance with God's will. If we believe, our lives will show our belief. Verse 19, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. 
The devils also believe and tremble. See, there are those who want to say, well, yeah, I believe in God, I believe in Christ. Well, so does the devil. So do his angels. To say one believes has said nothing until we can see the evidence of that faith in that which he does. Then we have seen real faith. There's where we see faith. Look, look ahead to the next verse. For wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Faith without works is dead, being alone. Faith will show up in works. Faith cannot stand alone. Faith must be accompanied by one's life. It is faith in Jesus Christ that brings salvation, and the works that we perform are the evidence of that salvation. Now let me make two statements. Obedience is not a condition for salvation. You don't have to obey to believe. You don't have to become good to be saved. I hear it all the time. As soon as I straighten out my life, I'm going to become a Christian. Brother, you'll never do it. And there is no condition in the Bible whereby we are commanded to straighten things out and then be saved. It's be saved and allow the Lord Jesus Christ to straighten things out in your life. That's the order. It is to yield to that which you know. Did Jesus say, well, I'll save you if you'll be good? Did he say that? Matter of fact, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is, what? The gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Salvation is given to a person who will receive it. Once it is received, then obedience to his word is the evidence of that receipt. You know, there's something that I have noticed over and over and over again, but let me use Paul as an example. Paul was a person who hated and worked against the church and persecuted the church and did all things against it until the day that he received the Lord Jesus Christ into his life, and then all of a sudden he was the loving person. I'll tell you this. A sinner saved by grace becomes a lover, not a hater. If there is hate in one's life, there is plenty of room to ask the question, did you ever believe? Now let me summarize it real quick, because we're out of time. Verse 4 of John, 1 John chapter 2, where we are. 
He who says, I know him, does not keep his commandments, is a liar. Are you a Christian? Oh, yes, sirree. Do you keep his commandments? Ooh. You're a liar. I didn't say it. John said it. Verse 4 says, a person who says, I know him, verse 5, must be obedient. Verse 6, anyone who claims that he abides in him must live as Jesus lived. I'm summarizing, of course, so you can recognize. Go over to verse 9 and 10. Verse 9, he who claims to be in the light. Remember, we've been talking about living in the light of God. He who claims that he lives there, he who claims that he lives at the foot of the cross, must do something, verse 10, must love his brother. If you do not love your brother, you're not standing in the light of the cross. If you don't love your brother, you are not standing in the perfect light that shines down from God above. A Christian cannot hate Continually, always, repeatedly, there is that spark of love in his heart that demands that he must reach out in love because it was put there by God himself. So the principle is one's speech must match one's work. The principle is obedience characterizes our knowledge of God. The principle is One's talk must match one's walk. To be otherwise makes one a liar. Now, maybe you're feeling frustration. And you may be saying, well, if that's the case, who can be saved? Because I can't live that way. I can't walk that narrow a path. It's razor sharp and I have a tendency to fall. And if you're saying that I must live exactly like Christ lived, if I must always love my brother, I'm going to have difficulties here. Maybe I'm not saved. Or the Romans, chapter 7, verse 15. This was the Thing that Paul expressed when he said for what I do Romans 7.15 for what I do I allow not for what I would that do I not I don't know why the King James people didn't put this in common English because what it's saying is Paul said what I want to do I don't do and what I don't want to do I end up doing does that sound like you and me I want to be good. I want to walk the razor's edge, but I don't do it. That's what Paul expressed. Verse uh, 24. There in Romans. Oh, wretch 
wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from the body of this death? Then he answers it, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let me tell you, if it were possible for us to walk that path, that close, that narrow, that exact, we wouldn't need to have had Christ die on the cross of Calvary if we could be perfect. But it's because no man is capable, first of all, because he was born a sinner by his very nature, and secondly, our nature says that it's impossible for us to live a perfect life. Therefore, we find that somebody has made it possible for us to to be saved even in our state of imperfection. I'm going to read from Matthew 19, verse 23. When the disciples were responding to Jesus, making a statement that people ought to uh, live a perfect life, and Verily I say unto you, Jesus said, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. We know that that certainly is right, and I'm not going to deal with all the explanations of that. Verse 25, when his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, well, who can be saved? If this is the case, who can be saved? Their answer, obviously, was nobody can be saved if it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to begin to heaven. We're all lost. Jesus responds in verse 26, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Our salvation is not based upon what we do or don't do. It's based upon God's love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting. Not believe and be good. Now, what's the summary? The summary is we we are saved by the grace of God through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. The summary is every sin must be paid for and all men are commanded not to sin. But because no man is capable of living a sinless life, Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary to give his life for us because we can't do it he did it for us he gave his life now if we have received his death on the cross for our sins to wipe them all away then surely it follows that we're going to make every effort possible exert our energy to live for him the way he wants us to live. There's where we get caught up. We believe and receive the Lord Jesus and then the amount of exercise that we put into living the Christian life is pretty flimsy most of the time. How much effort do you and I put in to living for the Lord Jesus? 
Let's pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.